and welcome into the roundtable. And what we thought of coming into the summer and into the fall months, perhaps in a freight recession, is that we might see a little bit more active M&A activity. And we have to some degree, but also in some degree, maybe we haven't as well. So is this M&A activity fertile at this point in this period of time? Joining us to talk about it is Spencer Tenney, president and CEO of the Tenney Group. And uh, Spencer, thanks so much for joining us here. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's move on. So the, the, the first thing really to kind of come up, of course, the big news last week was Convoy uh, basically looking for a buyer at that particular point. And uh, I know you're not necessarily uh, in that particular situation, but as you look at Convoy, uh, is are they in a tough situation being such a large company, so such a large valuation, trying to get picked up by somebody else, obviously, who has to be has some, a lot of money in their pockets to do it? Without question, yeah. that size is certainly a disadvantage in this in this present environment. Trying to get that amount of capital um, in a extremely challenging freight market um, and even just a capital market as well. So I think that if it were a tenth of the size, maybe we're not having this conversation. But it's just extremely difficult from an investment standpoint to get confidence around when is it actually going to positive cash flow uh, given the headwinds in the market right now. Yeah, so let me throw up a quote that uh, Dan Lewis had in his email that he sent to uh, convoy employees, and this was kind of talking about the the difficulties that they were doing, that they were encountering, and trying to get through uh, this situation amidst these freight and financial conditions. M and activity has shrunk substantially, and most of all, logical strategic acquires of. Uh, convoy are also suffering from the freight market collapse, making the deal doing that much harder. Uh, how much is he on point here in terms of is this affecting everybody at this particular point? Or like you said, just because Conway was so large that they're going to have a much tougher time find, trying to find a buyer? It's critical to make the distinction between either non-asset and or asset-like type investment opportunities versus your traditional asset-heavy type investment, because the market's very different for both of those right now. I agree 100% with the comment made about that size company, specifically for a non-asset or asset-like type investment opportunity. It's just what you're going to rely on an investor that's primarily going to approach the investment from a, from a cash flow valuation standpoint, and it's almost impossible to do that right now. Whereas if you're you're looking at asset-based companies, and even in a down market, you still have the borrowing base on the equipment itself to go out and piece the puzzle together. I mean, no question, the, 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 the sources and uses of capital are much different today than what they were, call it 12 months ago, but a lot of deals are getting done. I mean, even uh, let's look at Trimac, four deals in, in this year alone, but they're all pretty much all asset heavy type transactions. And so we're seeing a significant uh, amount of activity still within this market, but the majority of that is going to be either asset heavy or more palatable um smaller size asset light or non-asset type investments. So when is this type of transaction, talking about convoy, when is that necessarily a good idea? Or do we have to wait for a good economy and a lot more cash flow to come through? Or is there not really any good time to try and, and do a deal like this? Well, I, I think what we have is a, a bit of a perfect storm right now for that particular company. You have incredible um, su suppressed rates, inflationary cost across the board. A, a decrease on your accounts receivable borrowing base, it just made a nightmare from a cash flow standpoint for that particular profile of business. Um, is it still challenging for similar companies? But sure, but just for that particular company, it's just, you couldn't draw up a worse type environment 
to try to press forward. And so I don't, I don't think it encapsulates in any way, you know, the whole market. It's just they just drew a very short straw in that situation. It's very unfortunate because I think that what we're already seeing is that there's tremendous admiration about the tech, the things and the possibilities. It's just, you know, just a, a tremendous challenge that I don't think anybody could have operated out of. So let's take that again, looking at the broader market picture. Obviously, we're talking about asset heavy versus asset light. Those are two big, two different markets to obviously take take a look at. Uh, in terms of the overall climate uh, at this point in time, again, talking about moving through a freight recession at this point, how fertile is the M&A market right now? I mean, we're still pretty bullish on on companies that are in that lower to you know lower middle market type size. And the evidence is you have many strategics that are still sitting on a ton of cash of which they accumulated over the last, call it, 24 months. And all of the fundamental factors that are driving m and you got aging demographic of business owners, you have all of these inflationary expenses, which you have to offset, and it's impossible to try to continue to squeeze more pennies out of the same dollar. So a lot of this has to happen. I think what we're seeing now that we didn't see in the previous nine to 12 months is an acceptance of this new normal. And and okay, we still have to go about and do business. We have to create value for our shareholders. We have to offset these expenses. And it would be great if that was free, but I think now we're at a place where people are accepting that, accepting that this is how we're gonna have to go about doing business. And deals are still getting done. I mean, we probably, I think we have 15 active engagements right now and we've have multiple offers on those in, in engagements. and. And I think it's a testament of where we are as an industry that more first-time buyers are coming to the table. They're well-funded, and they've known that this moment was going to come. They just It was a little too frothy of a market the last 24 months, and now we're seeing them get in the game and get in the game in a big way. So let's take a look at some of these deals that are getting done, or at least you know, that we can talk about perhaps on a superficial level. What kind of deals are getting done and specific to are deals being done in terms of the buyer getting something that is within their industry that's going to help them? Or are they starting to branch out a little bit more, maybe trying to get something that that can help them corner the market that they don't have the capability to do at this moment in time? I'll give you an example. We were approached by a large um, private carrier, not done any acquisitions to note but they feel overexposed in their primary core competency. And so their whole specific thing was, we need to use acquisitions. We don't wanna learn on our dime. We need to go buy some a proven product as part of diversifying our risk. We don't wanna leave transportation, but we have to spread our risk across different industry verticals to be a more sustainable business for the long haul. And I think that's a theme that we're gonna to continue to see across the board, finding niche operations that insulate profits for the, for the broader company is going to be key. And there's no time or interest in learning on your own dime. They're going to go buy the talent and they're going to go buy um, the, the revenue and the drivers all at the same time. So let me continue kind of on that line then. So if you're looking at in, in the freight industry, are you looking at getting into something, say, for instance, where uh, what the, the target, is there a particular target that is lucrative or not lucrative, but maybe beneficial that a lot of different buyers are perhaps looking toward, or is it still kind of every kind of kind of looking here and there to try and find what is going to fit them individually? Oh, I don't. I think it's different for everyone as far as where their concentrated interests are. So I think if they're going to diversify, it just depends on what they're doing right now. But I think really what they want to do is from an execution risk, they want to focus on deals that can actually get done. So they so it's going to be important what kind of 
you know, what kind of assets are included in the transaction because that's going to affect their ability to get the deal done. In a, in a challenging freight market, if you're going to try to go get the deal financed based on a cash flow lender, you know, if you're having month over month losses, it could be a great business. I mean, that's the whole market. That's not specific to that business, but it can still be challenging to get that transaction finance if you don't have sufficient collateral or assets to borrow against. And so I think that's that's a key theme what we're seeing. And it's also affecting how, you know, how folks are profiling and targeting specific transactions. The other thing that I would say is that they're looking internally at their own network analysis and trying to find out what types of transactions are most accretive. And that's a good discipline that I recommend everybody do to try to, you know, reduce the amount of unforced errors with, you know, doing the wrong type of deal. Understand yourself so that you can get the most accretive type transaction. That's a, that's a best practice. Definitely. There's something definitely to think about there as well. So as you look at the situation as it is at this moment in time, uh, obviously the market, uh, everyone was is optimistic, of course, that it will flip back to the positive at some particular point. Does that change strategies when it comes to M&A? In other words, is, as, as the market improves, as the economy improves, does that change how people uh, think about M&A, not just from a buyer standpoint, but from a seller or someone who is being acquired uh, in that terms of, hey, maybe we got through this, maybe we can keep going, maybe we can should, should try to do that. Or does that not necessarily change that much, again, as the economy hopefully in the near future starts to flip back towards the positive? I mean, I hope that it does. I mean, I, I think that the challenges in front of this industry is, I mean, like I said, we, we've gone through a, a, a number of different experiences over the last 36 months. And if anything, what it's told us is that, you know, many things have changed, but the inflationary effects going on in the industry, those don't look like they're going away. Mm-hmm. And so I think for folks that are interested in being here for the next decade or two or three decades, they're realizing that they're going to have to expand their growth playbook. Not that they're going wholesale acquisition, but it needs to play a role, if not for acquiring the best talent. Um, but but it can be just for getting drivers. It could be a host of different strategic rationale for doing that. I think the folks that are interested in winning the future um, are going to be very interested in growing and expanding how they go about doing that. So what's the profile right now for a business that is looking that that could maybe hasn't even started to look, but perhaps is is looking at the idea of going out and making an acquisition or making a merger to try and do that uh, in terms of are they uh, how cash flow heavy are they or how lucrative uh, in terms of what it is that they're trying to do? Obviously, every business is different because they're going after different targets. But um, is there is there a specific profile that you're looking at to say, hey, look, the, you've got a good chance. You can make a real a real step here if you've made an acquisition here or there. No, I, I think the, the, the biggest characteristic is that they have the right advisors around them. I'm not talking specifically about somebody like me. But they've done their homework. They understand that the toolbox to go out and do transaction, transactions is probably bigger than and more diverse than what they currently realize. And so in doing that, those folks have much more confidence than someone that has not done their homework. So when you realize the different ways that you could piece the puzzle together, you get confidence and you also focus on the right deals. I think that's that's the key. Um, it's very common. The question, for of course, is which are the right deals, correct? Right, right. Okay. Well, I, I think that, that makes sense. And so kind of back to that network analysis, I think that's a key discipline. But also, I think it's about where you want to go? What is the vision of your business? If you don't have any vision about where you're going and how you're going to get there, 
it would be impossible to understand what types of deals are going to be complementary to that. So I think back up, do your homework about the process of growing through acquisition itself before you start actively searching for deals, because that could avoid a ton of misused time. But do you have a vision that that can help you? Because I just did a presentation um, to a transportation group this last week, and the whole idea was your centers of influence, your trusted advisors that have been serving you for your whole career, your insurance solution guys, your CPAs, your attorneys, they can be a tremendous help. They know your business. And if they understand your vision about what you're trying to do, they can be a tremendous asset of helping you attract the right types of transactions. So you have to have a vision about where you're going as a company. You have to convey that in a clear way to the people who have an aligned interest in seeing your business succeed. And just by doing that itself um, takes a lot of the burden off of ownership from you know, rolling the dice and hoping they get that right deal. So yeah. educate yourself, align your, um, you know, educate your, your, your team about what you're, what you're trying to do and, and why, and, and they can be a tremendous resource for helping bring you the right deals. Certainly is a very interesting market in the M&A world right now. Spencer Tenney, president and CEO of the Tenney Group. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right, we'll take a short break here and wrap up this edition of Freight Waves Now after this.